0: Welcome to Financially Ever After, where
1: award-winning and nationally recognized financial expert Stacey Francis will bring you savvy tips and words of wisdom on how to secure your financial future before, during, and after divorce. For 30 minutes every other week, you'll hear personal stories from women who have either faced or are currently facing this transition. In addition, you'll also soak up knowledge and inspiration from the industry's top legal, financial, residential,
0: and mental health professionals. And now here's our host, Stacey Francis. So welcome, welcome to Financially Ever After, coming to you every other week with great information that you need to know to make smart decisions for you, your family, and for your rest of your life. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and she is a recovering attorney. I love that, and you're going to have to tell me a little bit more about that. She's a practicing master life coach, and she hosts Sunny in Seattle. It's a weekly radio show that airs on Fridays from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m., KKNW. Sunny is also the author of the Amazon bestseller, Unhitched, Unlock Your Courage and Clarity and Unstick Your Bad Marriage. And we have a surprise for you if you wait to the end. So this is our spoiler alert. Just letting you know, if you don't wait to the end, you are going to miss out on a great offer because Sunny is being very generous and going to be giving us um, all of our listeners some, some resources. Sunny describes herself as a happy who after a very high conflict marriage shared an awesome post-divorce friendship with her ex-husband until his passing recently in 2018. She's passionate about empowering adults to make heart-based relationship choices and to use divorce, using divorce as a catalyst for personal transformation and creating a kick-ass new life. She lives in Seattle with her partner and three crazy rescue kittens. Sunny, I love you already, and I'm just <laughs> so happy to have you here. Um, wow, you have so much to share. You have so much to, to give. Um, you know, tell me a little bit more about how you decided to write your book, to talk about divorce, to focus on coaching, um, launching your radio show,
1: H- how did how did you make this all happen? Well, um, thank you so much, Stacy, for the opportunity to be here first off, um, and I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, so I, as you mentioned, I'm a recovering attorney, so um, it's probably pretty clear from that that I was not the happiest of attorneys. Um, it was not a great fit for me. And I, I didn't go to law school for the right reasons and um, become an attorney for the right reasons. And um, so I found myself in a marriage that was incredibly high conflict, ironically, to another attorney. He was a trial attorney. Um, and in a career that I didn't like and in a life that I had created that really what i Um, realized in my mid-30s was that it was not reflective of who I really was on the inside, my most essential self. Um, And so I knew, um, that I needed to, to extricate myself from all of it. Um, and we'd had, I I was with my ex-husband for 12 years. We'd had so much professional intervention, um, in our marriage and from therapists and counselors and, um, various folks. And we just couldn't seem to get to a place where we were kind and good communicators and there was peace in our home. So fast forward and I'd left and, um, The universe really (laughs) i felt like there were breadcrumbs appearing that led me to the work that I currently do. And um, I entered life coach training, not because I wanted to be a coach, but because I'd fallen in love with the work of Dr. Martha Beck. and she is a, a sociologist from Harvard that ended up leaving academia, and she now is a best-selling author and a coach. And it was her writing that really catalyzed me, um, and so I just wanted to be around her. And I found that after I was had you know gone to a couple workshops, read all her books, I thought, okay, here's life coach training. We'll just try that. And it turned out that I really liked helping people. And what they what the the advice was upon leaving life coach training, if you wanted to become a practicing coach, was find your own help. And back, and help other people get out of hell. Um, and for me, that was my the 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 end of my marriage through my divorce and recovery from that. And you know, Stacey, as you mentioned, I had a really high conflict marriage, but um, my my divorce was graceful. We used the collaborative law model, and after our divorce, it is bananas. But we developed a better and deeper and kinder relationship than we ever had when we were married. And I wanted other people to have those tools, the things that I use to recover, the things that we as a couple or, you know, ex-spouses use to get to a really good place. Um, I wanted to share those. And so, that's where the book came from. Um, It's basically part memoir of my story. And part process that I now use with clients that, you know, can help you unstick a bad marriage. And that doesn't necessarily mean divorce.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, something that I, I am in awe of is that Sonny, you're able to go from a very high conflict marriage to a respectful friendship afterwards, um, with divorce happening in the middle, was, was your divorce also, uh, was there a good amount of conflict in that as well? Or did the conflict just go away, you know, nicely during the divorce process? Cause I, I can't imagine it was necessarily an easy thing.
1: No, and it's funny you say you're in awe. I'm in awe that it happened. Yeah. myself. I mean, if it could happen for anyone, it could. If it could happen for us, it could happen for anyone. Has been my attitude. So we. Um, so I almost. Took us down a really bad path. And so, this is a story I often share, and this is, I advise clients about this that I was ready to hire an attorney as a weapon. And there was this particular female attorney in Austin. I adore her as a person, but she sends a very clear message when you hire her about how the lawsuit or the the divorce proceedings are going to go. And um, I ended up not going with her because my ex-husband's reaction at the time was, oh, really? That's who you're going to hire? Okay, let's go ahead and gear up, a lawyer up, and we're going to be getting ready for World War III. Um, and I ended up going with someone who was softer. And we ended up, thankfully, using the collaborative law model, which just by virtue of, of how it's more of a problem solving approach rather than a winner take all approach. And that really guided us. It just the nature of the collaborative model brings more peace. Now there can be conflict, there can be disagreements, but th- the structure that you set up where you agree to stay out of court, that's helpful. And then secondly, you know, the post-divorce stuff, uh, that was, that was a lot of work stacy and and it it was a lot of trial and error and i have to tell you the biggest part was me taking responsibility for some of the things that i had done and really recognizing that i had helped co-create A lot of the conflict, like it was easy to blame him. He was a trial attorney. He was a master in the courtroom. And I always felt like I was on the witness stand when I was in our marriage and in a fight. So I could always point the finger at him. But when I got really honest with myself, which is something that I work hard with my clients to do, like cleaning up your side of the street, um... It really broke through this barrier of, like, uh, the resentment, the wall of resentment and anger that had been there for so long. And transcending that allowed us to open the door for healthy communication, even some laughter. It was crazy. And, and that just snowballed. And I found that as I took responsibility, oh, my gosh, this man who I never thought would apologize for anything was taking responsibility and apologizing for things that I never never thought he would do so it was just this exercise it took a lot of work but we came to that beautiful post-divorce friendship and I I, at the time of his passing um, it was actually in June of this year so very recently Mm -hmm. I can say that that we that he left this earth without us leaving anything unsaid like all apologies were made and I feel very very grateful for that
0: that's um sad and beautiful um <laughs> exactly <laughs> and and i'm finding myself i'm not one to be um without words but i've i've never heard of another couple that was able to survive the divorce process after having a very high conflict marriage and be able to move forward at to, to forge a friendship and to have that respect. There are cases definitely where it was a, you know, a, a amicable decision. You both decided that was the right thing. There had been some conflict, but maybe not high conflict that can continue in that fashion and and, and keep a, a friendship. Um, but you are the first person that I have ever had the pleasure of, of hearing that there's that that possibility because all of us women that's what we dream about that's what we hope for that mm-hmm. that despite such trauma of going you know literally finding your own hell and and recovering and coming back from that that together as a couple you can go through your hell and come back from that to be stronger um and one of the things that you shared that I'd love to hear more about if you don't if you don't mind sharing mm-hmm. is that you continued to work on that relationship with your ex after your divorce and that you did the hard job of facing up to your role in the divorce and really taking responsibility for your mistakes how did you get there this is very evolved Right, it's very evolved, and for a lot of us, it's it's hard to even fathom that because we're in a place of anger, um, yep. hurt, frustration. Um, even going there, it seems like it's not possible. How yes. did you do that?
1: So it wasn't it wasn't a quick process, Stacy. Um, so I I left the marriage in uh, late twenty eleven, and we started divorce proceedings in twenty twelve. And we did not reconnect um, on the, on this level uh, to really begin forgiveness and amends until late twenty fourteen. Um, and the tools that I include in the book and the tools that I used they are powerful and they do. I learned about them, just those breadcrumbs kept appearing, Dr. Martha Beck's work, number one, um, Byron Katie's work, number two. Um, and these these writers, these teachers really inspired me to take a really hard look inside of myself because I had this life that was so Instagram perfect on the outside um, and that hid really deep conflict and unhappiness on the inside, really unhealthy, unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy communication, just everything was a mess. Um, and so I knew something was not working. And I realized if I did not want to repeat those patterns, if I wanted to create something new for myself that I that was in integrity with who I really was and who I wanted to be, I, <laughs> I had to take stock of what I'd done to create it. Um, and that's the, the really looking at my thinking, looking at what I had co-created with my now ex-spouse and um, being radically honest with myself and cleaning my side of the street. Um, and the, the thing, this is an exercise I do with my clients. The, the biggest thing, Stacy, that happened was about three years after, uh, let's see. yeah, I wrote him a letter. And it was, uh, it was thanking him for the things that he did well and apologizing for the things that I felt were my responsibility. And yes, there were things in there that I could have said he started it. He was the impetus for this thing that I did. But I didn't say that in that letter. I just made it my side of the street clean. And that one letter was the biggest shift in our relationship. And I do, I say this to my clients, you have to have a willing ex-spouse. If you have a narcissist, a sociopath, a psychopath as an ex-spouse, this is going to be harder. And it's, I focus more on doing the internal work for them and their own, what they're creating on their own. But if you have a willing partner, even if there's conflict, even if you think all hope is lost, I wrote the letter I have my clients write the letter with no no expectation that anything is going to come of it. Just do it for your own mental and emotional well-being. And that was what paved the way for the biggest step for us.
0: And I need to ask this because I know every person uh, listening right now. Do you have kids? Nope. See, we that's don't. even more amazing. <laughs> yeah, right? that's because sometimes I, we force ourselves to do this because, well, we have kids together, right? But but this is beyond that. This is you you were not forced to make the to make these decisions. You were not forced to write this letter. This was not necessarily a person who had to be in your life for the rest of your life.
1: No, and you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, most of my clients have children and so you can look at that from a couple of different ways, but I take the stance that you do, Stacy, which is we didn't have to do any of this and we chose to. And I, I find that, yes, it, whether you have kids or you don't have kids, you can take all of the baggage from the marriage and you can put it in a closet and lock the door and think that it's not going to affect you, but it will. Um, whether you are able to do the work on your own or whether you can involve your ex, um, either way. It is incredibly healing, and it doesn't leave these parts of us that are completely disconnected that actually seep into our current life and the future life that we want to create. And it was important for me to feel, um, you know, I said the word integrity before, but I wanted to be in integrity, and I wanted to do, at the time, learning the tools that I was learning, what felt right to me to get straight um, with what had happened before.
0: And I think what's interesting is the way that you describe it is that this letter was a letter of thankfulness. It was also a letter of apology, but this letter was a letter for you. Yep. And, you know, his response to it, whatever it might have been, it sounds like the act of doing this, of of taking that time of writing that letter um, was part of that process of coming to to peace and how powerful is that to put yourself out front but at the same time doing something that um, is so authentic and healthy and I mean amazing I mean at least I, I feel like when you go when, when you go up to heaven, there'll be the pearly gates, and I feel like there are some people that have to go in the cash line. A few people, you know, that, that are going to have to wait. There's going to be some that, guess what? They forgot cash. They're on the side. They're not sure if they're going to let them through. You've got easy pass. You're going, you're going straight through, and there's no one in front of you, and, and it's even the fast easy pass. It's not the one that you have to really slow down for. You can just go straight through. Um, and... But what's interesting too is it, you know, it sounds like this was something that that really helped you come to that instead of perfect Instagram life, um, a life that you
1: that you were happy with. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, Stacy, because a lot of uh, me included, and a lot of my clients feel like if they do this letter it's going to be making them too vulnerable or it's going to be putting them in like the the yes. lower position. Yes. And exactly. in fact, yeah, it is quite the opposite. This is one of the most empowering exercises that you can do. And once you do that, you realize you can do this in any other area of your life with any other relationships with regard to your work. And it really, it, it gets you in touch with who you really are, which being in touch with that most essential self, not the social self, but that essential self, that is what is going to help you create the new life that is more reflective of who you really re- who you really are, which means it's going to have more freedom, more purpose, more meaning, more fulfillment, all the good stuff that we want, that we don't get from all the social self things. Mm-hmm. And what would you say,
0: Sunny, for those those women who are listening that are in a unhappy marriage that think, hmm, maybe maybe divorce isn't the answer. Do you have any advice to to help them better decide what their next step is? And are there any tools similar to the letter you you? you just shared with us that can help them try to mend their relationship, their communication with their husband to, to try and have this marriage become more satisfying, more healthy, more supportive.
1: Absolutely. Um, I actually do have clients who come in and they feel quite sure that they're ready to pack the bags and go. They've and had it. One, yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, and I always say, unless you know that you know that <laughs> you um, know, because I do have people who come in at that point, but unless you really, really, really know, let's just poke around a little. And what I found is that the tools that I use post-divorce can absolutely be used within the bounds of a marriage. And in fact, when applied, I have had clients who have decided to stay because it improves the situation. And I would say the number one thing, whether it's um, with a coach or a therapist or uh, someone that can help you really look at your thinking, um because our thinking is what creates our feelings and when you're thinking you've got you know these these neural pathways that have been firing in a certain way for years that this man should care more he's unkind to me and I uh, you know I I can't take it anymore all these these thoughts when we really look at the thinking sometimes you find that your thoughts um may not be absolutely, Uh, in your best interest and true and so I I, there are a couple of different tools that you can use and like I said just finding a competent coach or a therapist who can help you really look at your thinking that's the number one thing that I found really uh, looking at your marriage story and uh, looking at it not just with a um, you know, a rational critical eye, but actually having someone look at it with you from, uh, um, an objective position that can help you see any, um, any holes in your thinking basically and creating new neural pathways to support a new story that feels better and is more supportive of what you want to create in your marriage. Um, And the other thing that I always tell clients, and this is really important is we often look outside. We think someone else is going to have the answer, the therapist, the intuitive, the sister, the mom, um, or any number of other people in your life. But really, we have an incredible incredible capacity for inner wisdom and intuition if we access it, and that's not a skill that we're generally taught in our culture to do, um, but really tuning out the outer noise and getting in touch with your own inner wisdom, and are various ways that you can do that that's going to be the most important thing because some people I find they come in and their decision is very crowded like their their marital bed is crowded as I like to put it because there are so many people who are chattering in their ear and it's just become confusing for them um, and hard to figure out what they want to do so really tuning out the noise tuning into your own inner wisdom is key
0: and I think that's hard because we often don't trust our gut our inner wisdom. Right. Right? So how can you how can you get over that? You know, the all right, you feel those hunger pains, you know it's time to eat, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we we know that. But when you have that gut, that inner wisdom, there's not that that exact same reaction of, oh, well, that means this and and I I can trust that feeling. Um, we then second guess, we start to rationalize, we start to uh, banter. How do you, how do you build and build up that, that muscle of your inner wisdom and having that guide your, your actions?
1: Yeah, and that's exactly the analogy that I like to use. Stacy is—it's our intuition is a muscle. Um, mm. We're all born with it. Um, it's not just the people, <laughs> you know, who you see—the Long Island medium or wh- any of you know those folks that are using it on a professional or day-to-day basis. We all are born with inner wisdom and intuition that we have. That that gut brain. We all have that. That has and that the, the little brain in the heart with those forty thousand sensory neurons. Mm. We have these areas that. are are known for inner wisdom and intuition and really beginning to practice exercising that muscle, as you said, to grow it. Now, the way that I have found to do that in my own life, Stacey, is to start small. Um, So I start with little things, um, and they could be very, very simple things uh, regarding Um, You know, whether to take a nap versus a walk, a cup of tea versus a cup of coffee and really just feeling into what is what what uh, your body reacts to the most um, with the most expansion and lightness. So this is the Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm, I could share a mm -hmm. quote with you, this is kind of how I this is something that I relied on as I was tapping into this inner wisdom when I was going through it myself. So um, it's a quote paraphrased from the Buddha. And it says that when you encounter a body of the water, a body of water, you will know it is the ocean because it tastes of salt. In the same way, you will know enlightenment and truth because it tastes of freedom, not safety, not comfort, but freedom. And what I found is that those feelings of freedom in the body, feelings of lightness, feelings of expansion, feelings of um, the opposite of constriction and heaviness, that feeling of freedom, those are the things that are leading you toward the 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 right intuitive choices for you and so really beginning to as you evaluate choices seeing how your body reacts to it does it feel like freedom lightness expansion in your body or does it feel heavier and more constricted and as you learn to calibrate or to feel into those physical sensations the ones that are light and expansive those are the ones that are really tapped into your own innate intuition and inner wisdom that's your yes what to go toward does that make sense
0: it does and i love the start small um (laughs) because it i mean it's a it's a big thing right um you know one foot in front of the other one small step in front of the other and i love the nap or walk tea or coffee and just starting that way to start to build that inner wisdom and we we all know that our gut our inner wisdom is smart and I liken it back to going on a date and you sit down across the table from the person and your gut tells you yes and um that gut is usually right. And often that gut's telling me, this is not the right person for me. I might as well not waste my time. And yes. I remember when I met my husband, my gut said, hmm, he's not the most handsome gentleman, but he has something really special. Yeah. And I know that sounds awful, but he weighed, no. <laughs> he weighed about 45 pounds, um, 50 pounds heavier than he is today and but there was something about him this this wonderful like light and kindness that I was like this is a person that it is worth getting knowing because I I can see through my intuition that they are beautiful and that that's more important
1: yes and it's so funny Stacy, that you say that about the gut because um, and I actually have a section on it in the book. But I, when I was going through this, I had this little eight by eleven lithograph that said "Trust Your Gut." And when I left the marriage, and at each little studio apartment that I rented while I was separated and getting divorced, it would go on the fridge, and it just was a reminder because I, it was my thinking. I thought that I needed certain things in my life for it to be perfect, you know, a grad school education, a successful husband, vacation homes, all that kind of stuff. My thinking was what had gotten me into trouble in the first place. And I knew that I needed to rely on a different guidance system if I was going to create a life that was more reflective of what my heart and my spirit wanted and that trust your gut lithograph was my little reminder okay are we going toward <laughs> what feels good intuitively or are we going back toward what the mind wanted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so if you're
0: you're in a marriage and you're going back with the should I stay or should I go game and yep. I call it a game because I, I feel like it's one day it could be. I, I definitely want to stay. The next day, as I want to go, and it could even be hour to hour less. Yep. Or how do you how do you move through that? Because that is debilitating, absolutely yes. debilitating, and and not really supportive in any way. How how do you how do you move beyond that? Move out of that zone.
1: Well. I see people seesawing in that place, some of them for decades, and they have mm-hmm. known the action that they need to take. They often It often masks as confusion. And I'll just say, one of my mentors, I'll say it the way she says it because it's pretty strong, but confusion is a lie. It blocks you from your own inner wisdom to say, I don't know or I'm confused. And I find that with many of these folks, they aren't confused. They know the action that they want to take or need to take. They are simply afraid of taking it. And what I always tell clients is fear is normal. We are not wired for change. We are wired for survival and efficiency. And so when you are making, even if it's just going into marital counseling or doing a structured separation that's a bit of a trial to you know let some of the conflict dissipate, Even those changes will create a great amount of fear, and it's easier to just stay in tolerable discomfort rather than stepping into the unknown for many folks. So what I advise people is that fear is going to be a part of the process. So be ready, and when you want to take action, just have some tools locked and loaded to be able to deal with the fear. Um, and what I normally say also is another question to ask yourself is has the pain of staying put exceeded your fear of the unknown? And for me, it had, um, that's a gauge that some people use. Um, and making a commitment, number one, to really cleaning up your side of the street while you're in the marriage, doing the best that you can, um, taking all the measures that you can to resolve the conflict, to fix the communication, to to fix the marriage, basically. And if you've done everything that you can and nothing is working and day in and day out, your relationship is draining you more than supporting you. Then it's perhaps time to make a commitment to make a change, whatever that looks like for you. Knowing that fear will be a part of the process, you haven't done anything wrong or made a mistake. That's just what our mind is going to be generating as you do this, and just being ready for it, and knowing that it will um, be uncomfortable, and that's okay.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. And how
0: do you know? How does self love, self compassion? fit into all of this? Because of all the things, that's the thing I see going out the window, out the window.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, For me, and self-love has its own chapter in my book, (laughs) uh, it is the foundational component for everything. I say that your marriage is not the most important relationship in your life. Your relationship with yourself is. Because if you don't fix that, it doesn't matter how many times you get into a new relationship, you're going to repeat the same things if you don't take a look inside and see what it is that's going on that's helping create these unhealthy relationships. And usually it's a lack of self-love, a lack of self-worth, self-compassion, um, and, and especially in divorce. So I, as I mentioned, was the one to leave my marriage. Um, and there is a, there, there could be a huge amount of guilt around that. And so it was a very, uh, precarious process for a little while for me, to learn skills, and there's some wonderful tools. One of my favorite self-compassion teachers is Dr. Kristen Neff, the University of Texas in Austin. Um, But learning the tools for how to change your self-talk and take care of yourself, um, and knowing that when you do that, when when you learn to love yourself first and foremost, and this is not just a fluffy concept, and it doesn't just mean manicures and pedicures. I'm talking... You are kind to yourself. You take care of yourself by eating well, by sleeping well, by, um, by doing things that fulfill you, by being around people that support you, um, all of those things. When you learn to love yourself, everything else I have, this is in my experience, mine and my clients, everything else in your life changes. It's a ripple effect outward and you start attracting to yourself what you are giving to yourself. If you aren't giving much to yourself, if you aren't loving yourself, you're going to attract people who mirror that back to you. And that is not a pattern I wanted to repeat going into the life that I have now.
0: Powerful, powerful. We are getting to the end. I'm looking at, to believe we're, we're around a half hour and, and I never make it. I always <laughs> fail and I never make it to a half hour. Um but I want to make sure that I give you enough time to talk a little bit, a little bit about your book that you talked about, unhitched, unlocking your courage and clarity, and unstick your bad marriage. Tell me a little bit more about the book, this book, and and for all of you listening, this is the spoiler alert. <laughs> so go ahead.
1: <laughs> yes, well, um, the book was a labor of love, and I feel very blessed that. Um, I felt an urgency to write it in 2017 and I wasn't really sure why. And I'm so glad that I did because my husband was able to be, or my ex-husband was able to be a part of it um, and really give his blessing and read it and say, yeah, you got that right, Sonny. You didn't, you weren't making that up. Um, So um, it was a labor of love created to number one, help other women who are uh, feeling really stuck in their marriage. When I was feeling stuck I didn't find many books at the bookstore that helped answer the question of whether to stay or go and really tap into that inner wisdom. Change your thinking and get yourself clear and free so you can make the right decision for your family. Um, So, I wanted to create something around that and help other people so they wouldn't feel so alone. And then, number two, you know, it mirrors the process that I do with clients. Some folks can apply the steps in the book and it's awesome. Others feel like they need a little bit of one on one support, and that's where um, the, the, the coaching comes in where we can join up and um, really have some accountability and some uh, personalized coaching that can meet you where you are in your unique uh, divorce or marital situation. Um, so, yeah, it's a part memoir, part process. And it can apply whether you're going to stay in your marriage. It applies also. will meet you all the way out the door to a graceful divorce and the things that we did to create the uh, gentle divorce and amazing post-divorce friendship that we had. And I would love to offer it to your listeners for free. Um, I have a website set up, unhitchedbook.com. Um, that's unhitchedbook.com, where you can go and download that book and um, get your copy so you can unstick your marriage, unstick your bad marriage. That is
0: amazing. Thank you so much. I'm going to make sure that we put that in all the show notes as well so that people can get these resources. And I just wanted to say thank you and being just so gracious, so generous um, with your resources, with the book, and also with your time. And I'm excited to listen into your show. I love it. I absolutely love <laughs> what you're doing. And I feel like there needs to be more people around being able to share the kind of story you have, because um, it's really powerful. And I love how you have essentially gone through your hell and back and decided to help other people come back from your hell. It's really powerful. And you definitely are changing lives. So thank you for being with us, Sunny. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Stacey. It's been such a wonderful conversation with you. Great. And thank
0: you, everyone listening to Financially Ever After. I get such a kick out of doing this show every other week. It is my highlight. It is my joy. And I have to tell you a secret. I listen to tons of podcasts myself. In fact, um, I just finished training for an Ironman, a half Ironman, which is just so you know, 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike, and the worst of it all, a 13 mile run. And I just completed it this last week And I've been spending anywhere from 10 to 12 hours training, working out, listening to podcasts. And I know how powerful podcasts can be with changing your thinking, uh, helping support you, because I know it's done that for me. And so that is my wish for you today that this has given you some great encouragement, some support, a gentle hug to help you wherever you are, to help you know should you stay, should you go. And if you do creating a healthy marriage, if you do stay or a graceful divorce, if it is the right thing for you to move on. So thank you for being here. And if you have any questions about your finances that we can help you with, you know, we're here and that's www.francisfinancial.com or you can reach me personally, Stacy S-T-A-C-Y at francisfinancial.com. Thanks. And we'll see you in two weeks.